Morrow Time with 2GB's David Morrow. There is nothing wrong with it, but don't read the rulebook. On Radio Sport Mornings. Always love talking rugby league on Friday mornings, round 10 underway in the NRL season. The Storm got there uh, eventually against the Tigers in Melbourne last night. The Tigers looked in control, actually. 22-14 they led late in the game before the Storm got a couple of unanswered tries. Will Chambers dotting down in the 77th minute to break Tigers' hearts. David Morrow's here. They'd be a bit, uh, a bit annoyed waking up this morning, the Tigers, wouldn't they? They, they, they looked as though they might uh, upset the Storm, David. Oh, Jason, good morning and good morning, everyone. Yeah, they were... I won't say they were robbed. I mean, that was their own fault, really. You know. But, gee, they were a bit stiff. They were a better team, albeit. You know, then the first half, they had a penalty count that favoured them uh, eight to four. They had all the ball. Uh, but they did really well. And every time in the second half, uh, the Storm made a mistake, the, the the Tigers made them pay. I really felt, you know, that when they got to 22-14, you, you always had that smell about them uh, that the Storm would come and get them. But um, I've watched the Storm a bit in recent times. They're not premiership material. They can't win the premiership, in my opinion. I, I just don't think, you know, when when it comes against the tough sides, when they come up against the Roosters, South, and to a lesser extent, Cronulla, I just don't think they're in the same ballpark. And uh, I know they win some of these games, but they've struggled to beat the Warriors. In fact, probably shouldn't have beaten the Warriors. They struggled to beat the Tigers, probably shouldn't have beaten the Tigers. And I think either the most ardent Tigers and Warriors fans would say, if they make the eight, that'll be a successful season where the Storm, so if they miss the four, they'll have had an unsuccessful season. So I just look at the form around them and think, you know, you're not uh, you're not travelling as well as you have been in recent years. And I don't think they've got the wherewithal to um, to do it. And, of course, they'll probably have no Chambers, no Munster, at least, during State of Origin, no Addo Carr as well. So, you know, they're going to have players that are going to be playing that six or seven weeks of State of Origin. Mentally, it drains you. So, uh, yeah, they're going to be doing it tough after State of Origin as well. Uh, anyway, the, war- the, the upshot of it is the Tigers are a bit stiff, but uh, when Mahe Fanua flew out of the line and missed his man, that can happen. You there? I am here. Yes, Hello. I'm listening with interest. Oh. Uh, the sto- the oh, storm, no. the, your storm comments have taken me aback, actually. But I, but the more you talk about it and, and articulate it, the more I think, well, maybe there is hope for everybody else because they they do on their day what they put sixty on well, the Eels last week, didn't they? They look imperious on their day. But you reckon there are cracks yeah. there? Well, the, th- the thing is, is that, you know, this game's all about momentum, which, you know, you'd know. I mean, the Warriors could probably put 60 on Parramatta if they had all everything go their way like they did last week. And Parramatta just down... Well, the Parramatta can go... They, they proved against Newcastle and Melbourne in recent weeks when they're not playing at their new uh, their new cubby house. They're vulnerable to be thrashed, and they have been. Uh, look, I'm, uh, I, I just think that any team could probably beat any team in this comp if they have an enormous amount of possession over the other, but uh, I've just, I've not to be, I'm yet to be convinced this Melbourne Storm's as good as the others. And having seen them struggle at home, now this isn't, this isn't away from home. They've struggled at home this year. The Warriors and West Tigers, they're games that you'd expect to automatically chalk up two points, and they got them. But by they had to struggle, and their games, that, uh, you know, their fortress where they rarely get beaten. So uh, I just think, I think the second half of the comp is going to be an interesting. Uh, Interesting battle to who makes the top four, and I have a big question mark whether the Storm's one of them. Interesting. All right, tonight, David, Panthers, Warriors. Can you predict what is going to happen here with any degree of confidence at all? <laughs> no. That's, <laughs> that's the one word. That's the one word, answer. <laughs> because, Jason, as you know, this Penrith side is a bit like the Warriors side. There's an enormous amount of talent, but we rarely see it. The one thing is, is that, no, oh, look at the Warriors. Take one player out. Take Roger Tuivasa-Shek out. Uh, and you'd say it's an even money battle. Uh, but then they've got Cleary and Maloney, who sooner or later are going to hit their straps. They're the New South Wales halves. 
You know, they're, they're very good footballers on their day, uh, and there's so much pressure on them. Whether tonight's the night they produce the goods, I don't know. Uh, but I'm looking forward to the game. Uh, it's, uh, you know, last week, the Warriors did something last week that I hope they have a look at, go back and say, well, that's how we should play footy. Just play what's in front of you. In the first half, all they did against the Dragons, which made it easy for the Dragons, very, I was going to say something about their right side defence, but that would be praising and saying it's weak. Um, as soon as they decide to play what's in front of them, they made the Dragons look like the 15th or 16th best side in the comp. But when they play these block plays in the first half, they're so easy to defend because all 16 clubs play them and everyone knows how to defend them. As soon as they just started running with the ball and passing the ball to someone backing up, all of a sudden they started scoring points. And that's the Warriors look well, I still reckon that's the best way for the Warriors to play. I know it mightn't sound good. I know that Stephen Kearney might tell me that, that I'm an absolute idiot. But I reckon if I was coaching the Warriors, I'd just say, just go out there, listen to what Roger and Blake have got to say and play what's in front of you and throw your passes, back up the ball carrier and run the opposition off the field. And I reckon they could just about do anything. But uh, it's not, sadly, it's not the way they're coached these days. But yeah, I'd love to see a, a Warriors side just go out there and say to the coach, well, this is the way we're going to play <laughs> and see what do you happens. Reckon- do you reckon Cody Nicarima will be a success at the Warriors? I mean, it's been one game, I know, David, but from what you know of him, do you think he'll he'll be a success at the Warriors? The reason I think he'll be a success is his speed. Uh, Green's lost a lot of his speed, if he ever really had a lot, and I'm not being... He hasn't lost the speed between the years. Uh, and he, he's a great foil. Uh, the thing about Nicarima and why teams have got to watch him is that while they're looking and searching for where Roger is, coming from the back, because he's probably the best fullback in the game besides Tedesco, uh, is that Nicarima can just search in and around the ruck. If he's given a free reign just to play his game, let Green play both left and right side, don't worry about the kicking game and all of that, and let Nicarima be this loose cannon in, in attack, gee, I reckon they could cause some problems because he's got that one ingredient you can't coach, Jason, speed. And uh, when you've got speed and you're allowed to use it and not shackled by some game plan where you've got to stay on this side of the field with this, I reckon he could be dangerous because it takes it take a bit of pressure off Roger two of us ship because when they've got to watch two of them, it makes it so much harder to defend. They, they, if they just played that ad-lib football that they did in the second half against the Dragons, they could, they could beat any team in the comp because they, you just don't know what they're going to do. It's hard to defend against. I reckon we should just continually suggest that to Stephen Kearney until he gives in and does it. <laughs> well, the coaches, the coaches, see, when it doesn't come off, the coach gets blamed. When yeah. it comes off, it's the players. It's the, yeah. the poor coach is always in that horrible situation. When that sort of football comes off, everyone knows you can't coach it. So therefore, it's the players that have done it. But when it doesn't come off, all of a sudden, the coach is to blame for letting them play it. So I mean, he can't win, can he? But you know what? I'll tell you, I'll tell you an analogy to this. was when Brian Smith went to coach Newcastle, and he came and saw Warren Ryan one day. I was sitting there, and he said to Walk, he said, you know, got any advice for coaching Newcastle? He said, you only got to coach Newcastle when Andrew's not there. He said, when Andrew Johns is there, he'll run the show. You can sit up there and smoke a pipe if you like, because it doesn't matter what happens, Andrew will run the show. But he said, when Andrew isn't there, the team needs coaching. And it's the same sort of thing. It's the same sort of analogy. That's it. But he said, don't worry. When they lose, it's your fault. Yeah. Uh, but when they win, it'll be Andrew's brilliance. So it's the same sort of thing. Uh, Broncos it's, Roosters. It's amazing how you... Yeah. Oh, look. I can't see the Broncos winning this. I mean, they can you not? No. Res- well, they struggle to be. The, I'll tell you why. I'll, I'll give me. I'll give you one scenario to start with. They struggled to beat a reserve grade Mel- uh, Manly side last week, and they only just got home. They didn't. They weren't that brilliant. I know the scoreline says differently, but 
You know the thing about this mob is they've got such a big uh, and a good forward pack, they just might produce the goods one night. The Roosters are probably, you know, it's about time they lost another game. They lost in round one, haven't lost since. Uh, so when you factor that in, it can happen. But gee, I mean, this Rooster side, you know, like the Trill Mitchell mightn't play. That'll make things a bit easier for them. But they're just, they've got Ryan Hall coming in for the first game tonight. Uh, you know, possibly as good a winger as we've got in the game. Uh, you know, and if someone else drops out, they've got, uh, they've got Brett Morris who's ready to come back from injury. It's, uh, they've got some very good footballers. But in saying that, I, I just can't see... I just can't see the Brisbane backs causing them enough problems regularly enough to score enough points. Because you know the Roosters are probably going to score four tries. You could have scored more than that against to, to beat them. And I just, that's what I can't see them, uh, the Broncos winning it. But sooner or later, they're going to produce another game like they did against the Cowboys. And the Roosters are going to have an off night like they had against South. Maybe tonight's the night. But if I was a betting man, I'd be back in the Roosters. Okay, tomorrow's game's a bit of a dance of the desperate. Titans v Bulldogs, Cowboys, Eels. I guess the Cowboys, would they be favourites? They haven't been great, have they? But the Eels took that pasting last week. Yeah, the Cowboys are favourite because Taumalolo's playing. I mean, whatever he's playing for them and at home, I reckon they're going to start favourite. And Morgan's at halfback. They've got Asiata at 5'8", and people say, how can they have him at 5'8"? He's a very good footballer. Uh, and uh, Felt's back for his second game. Not sure about Kahu at fullback. I'm not sure he's a first grade footballer, but anyway, he'll probably come out and have a blinder and say, Told you so. But look, at the end of the day, is Paramount, you think, couldn't play as badly as they did last week or as badly as they did against Newcastle. But both those games were away from home. So, yeah, the Cowboys are entitled to be favourites. And whenever they've got the, the wrecking ball at number 13, uh, they're, they're going to be pretty hard to beat. Raiders Rabbitohs, game of the weekend. round, probably. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah it's, it's, it's the. It's going to be the game. Although Canberra, you know, they've got no Bateman. That doesn't help. And no Leilua. Kotkin's going to play right centre. This is really interesting, Jason, because New South Wales, in all likelihood, are looking for a right centre. This kid came through all the junior ranks, ranked as the best junior centre in the game. Everyone said Kotkin's going to play for Australia as a centre. He's played all of his football at Canberra, well, for the most part, on the left wing. All of a sudden, they're going to give him a go at right centre. And you know, the pundits are saying, if he has two cracking games at right centre, don't be surprised to see him in the New South Wales side as the right centre. It's, uh, that's that's the, the most interest from a Canberra point of view and whether they can beat South Sydney uh, down there. And of course, South Sydney are a bit like the Roosters. I mean, sooner or later, they're going to have a, another defeat, you'd think. The only time they've been beaten this year is to Manly. And they're playing Canberra, who showed us last week what they can do when, admittedly, the Roosters were only down to a 14-man rotation for the most part. But Canberra probably should have got them in the end uh, and didn't. So Canberra's one of these teams that could sneak up on you in the Later part of the season, they get all their players back, but no Rapana, no Lelou, and no Bateman. See, they're three, probably their three best besides Hodgson. Uh, so it's not going to be easy for them against a pretty good South Sydney side. And a couple of uh, pretty even games on Sunday Dragons Knights, although the Dragons have lost their last three and the Knights have won their last three. So I guess momentum is on their side. And Sharks, Sea Eagles, a couple of top eight sides with the same points tally. I guess the Sharks' favourites at home, would they be? Uh, yeah, a Sharks are favourite at home, the Battle of the Beaches. So that'll be that'll be a tough, drawn-out affair. I mean, yeah, if you're a betting man and you want to take a game that'll be unders, that'll be the one. I know it's an afternoon game, but if there is a game you reckon could finish 10-8 or 8-6 or something, this is it. Uh, it doesn't always work out that way, but they're just the gritty way they play football. Uh, and yet they've got some players in there that can run the length of the field. And the other game's been played out at Mudgee. Uh, the Dragons have taken their home game to Mudgee. Beautiful field, lovely ground. Whether the Dragons can uh, can find some form, and of course the, their big news is coming about four o'clock our time tonight, six o'clock your time, when 
the judge finally is going to get off the backside and give the decision in the Jack DeBellin case. Uh, so uh, that'll be interesting to see what it means for the game and for Jack DeBellin because uh, it comes down in favour of DeBellin. It's a real black eye for the uh, for the administration of the game. If it comes down the other way, DeBellin's probably... Well, his career is probably over because I reckon it'd take at least eighteen months for the case to, to be finalised. Mm. Just before you go, David, uh, Nick Kyrgios has been in the news again overnight. Um, I oh, think you and I have yeah. spoken about him before. Uh, what, what's the uh, view on that side of the Tasman about uh, his latest uh, indiscretion, chucking a, a chair onto the court, and then also on a podcast, I think, um, taking aim at a, at a bunch of his uh, of his ATP counterparts. Mate, he's a goose. I mean, he's just absolute proof. You don't have a don't have to have a long neck to be a goose. He is just he has got so much ability, so much talent, but somehow he's got nothing between the ears. And until he has, the Australian public are going to treat him as if he's the biggest bad boy this country's ever produced. I wish he'd grow up. I don't know how you get someone to grow up when they're in their twenties, but he's the most petulant teenager who's never got past nineteen I've ever seen. And until he does, the world of tennis doesn't deserve to have him on the tennis court. And yet, you know what? He's cut to being number one. Oh, to have that much ability, he'd be such a grub. I don't know. I think that's the way most Australians look at him. He's uh, he's almost got to the stage where no one cares. Uh, it's very sad. How, many, how can you have that much talent, Jason, and waste it? I don't have an answer for you, David, but uh, I always appreciate our chats and I love them. So who am I picking, Warriors or Panthers? Oh, look... <laughs> I've tipped the Panthers because I reckon oh. tonight they might they might they might they might do it. But I dead set I had one of those dart boards that's only got half and half and I threw it and and it came up black and I said, gee, does that mean Panthers or Warriors? So I turned it around and I put a P and a W and I hit the P. So there you are. That's the oh. only way I could work out how to who to tip. And I reckon everyone's in the same boat. I mean if you could tip a draw you would. Brilliant, David. Thanks so much, mate. David Morrow.